1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I'm taught the Word of God, my life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. You may be, well, give five people a high five, then you may be seated this morning. Well, we want to welcome the people watching online, and uh, I know every service we have nearly as well, probably more people watching online than are here. It's hard for me to believe, of course, you understand Joel Osteen is the monster in the faith world online, and then Kenneth Copeland, then it's either Creflo Dollar or, Creflo Dollar or Jesse Duplantis, but next in line in our world is us. It's pretty amazing to me. I never saw that coming, but uh, the blessing of the Lord, hallelujah. And uh, so we welcome people watching from all over the world. Today is Easter Sunday, and we celebrate together our 39th Easter Sunday here at Faith Christian Center. Hallelujah. Hard to believe. 39 of these. Jesus, speaking about his death in John 12, 24, said, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies... It remains only a single seed, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. But that is a statement of truth, not just about his death. It is a statement of truth about life, and that is a statement of truth about our lives. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. The outcome of our lives is not a matter of luck or chance. No, success in life means sowing the right seeds in life. So learn to plant a specific seed for a specific harvest, just like you would do in a garden or on a farm. The principle is stated actually in Galatians 6, 7, so do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Say it out loud. A man reaps what he sows. Say it again. A man reaps what he sows. 
Now, Jesus came to bring us the best life. We know this because Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have that life more abundantly, not less abundantly, more abundantly. So believe it or not, God has an incredible life lined up for you. God has things that he wants to do in your life. Tell your neighbor, it ain't over. Tell the neighbor on the other side, it ain't over. I mean, I know we see what seems to be signs of the end times, but it's not over. And Jesus taught that we must occupy till he comes. But God cannot move in the earth without your permission and without your participation. So your dreaming is a very important part of the plan of God being fulfilled in the earth today. We know this from Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So God has a supernatural life planned for each and every one of us. Sue and I live an incredible life, but we didn't start out living an incredible life. Sue and I started out with nothing. We started with the $400 that our grandpa gave us as a wedding gift. But along the way, we discovered that it was the will of God for us to live a life distinctively different from the world. Listen, along the way, we discovered that it was the will of God that we live a life distinctively different from the world. You see, the world is into taking. But the best life is a life of giving, not a life of taking. The best life is a life of giving and receiving, not a life of taking. And we know this because Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall God cause men to give into your life. For with the measure you use, it shall be measured back to you. Sue and I learned faith principles from the Word of God, and we dared to dream beyond our means. Oh, my goodness, what a message for Easter Sunday, and what a message following the Holy Week revival. Go in the strength you have. We learned to dream beyond our means, and we dared to confess the Word of God until we got to believing it was true. Listen to me. We dared to confess the Word of God until we got to believing it was true. People think that their confession follows their faith. No, your faith will follow your confession. And God's word showed us how to use the principles of faith to transform our lives. And I'm sharing some of these same principles with you today so you can get to where God wants you to be. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to dream beyond your means. Tell the neighbor on the other side, God wants you to dream beyond your means. I'm here to tell you this morning, we serve a supernatural God. I said we serve a supernatural God. Now, I want to remind you of Ephesians 3, 20, 21. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine. Say it out loud. My God is able to do immeasurably more than all I can ask or imagine. You see, God wants to add to your life. God does not want to take from your life. But if you're going to bring your dream 
to pass. You're going to have to put forth some effort. Yes, unfortunately, I said effort. If you're going to bring your dream to pass, you're going to have to do something. There are some things you are going to have to do if you want to see your dream come to pass. A dream is just like a seed, and a seed doesn't look anything like what it will become. A dream is just like a seed, and a seed doesn't look anything like what it will become. Tell your neighbor, your dream is like a seed. It looks nothing like what it will become. Tell the neighbor on the other side, your dream is like a seed. It looks nothing like what it will become. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Religious folks say, well, you know, God promised to meet our needs, but not our desires. Oh, really? David wrote Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. God wants to bring to pass the dreams and desires that are in your heart. But those dreams and desires, so long as they are in your heart, and not yet are a reality, are but seeds. Your dreams and your desires are your dream seeds. As you delight yourself in the Lord, God wants to give you those dreams and desires. But oftentimes, the people of God reject their own dreams and desires because they are but in seed form in their hearts. Recognize the dream seed that God has put on the inside of you. Many times God puts a dream seed into the heart of the believer and that, re that believer rejects that dream seed because so long as it's in the heart, it is in a dormant state. We oftentimes reject the dream seed because the dream seed is in a dormant state until it is introduced to the proper environment. Now, we have different kinds of seeds up here this morning. I got some apple seeds, and uh, I don't need to open the package. You know what an apple seed looks like, but an apple seed in a package will not grow into an apple tree. These uh, packets have been in the office for quite some time, and they haven't produced a tree yet. And then I got some cantaloupe seeds, and uh, maybe you can see the picture a little better on this. Everybody knows what a cantaloupe seed looks like, a little white hard thing. Well, a cantaloupe seed does not look like a cantaloupe. And these cantaloupe seeds have been in a drawer in the office here in the building somewhere for a long time, and they have not yet produced a cantaloupe vine. Well, and then I've got some watermelon seeds. You know what a watermelon seed looks like? And the same thing here. The seed looks nothing like what it will produce. And as long as the seed is in the package, the seed is in a dormant state. And it will stay in a dormant state until it is introduced to the right environment. And a dream is just like a seed. And a seed doesn't look anything like what it will become. So learn to plant a specific seed for a specific harvest just as you would in a garden. I learned these principles from Oral Roberts. This is how he built Oral Roberts University. This is how he built the city of faith. Learn to plant a specific seed for a specific harvest just as you would in a garden. Now, this world out here wants you to believe 
that if you plant apple seeds, you might get asparagus. They want you to believe that if you plant uh, cantaloupe seeds, you might get a dolphin. I mean, the world out here is so confused, but I want you to hear the message this morning. The world that our Father God created is entirely predictable. And because it is entirely predictable, you can work it. You can work the system that God built into his earth. Until you put the seed into the ground and cultivate the ground, those seeds will produce exactly nothing. And that's exactly what's happening in the lives of a lot of believers, a whole lot of nothing. Your dream seed will remain in a dormant state until you introduce that seed to the proper environment. And that's why it's so important to hang out with other dreamers. Because when you hang out with other dreamers, they help you produce the environment necessary for your seed to germinate and to grow. In the same way, your financial dream seed will remain in a dormant state until you introduce that seed to the proper environment. If your dream seed is financial, you're going to have to plant that dream seed into the good soil of the kingdom of God in order to reap a harvest down the road. Let me repeat that. If your dream seed is financial, you're going to have to plant that dream seed into the good soil of the kingdom of God in order to reap a future harvest. Because Jesus said in John 12, 24, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Now, if you put that apple seed into the ground and cultivate the ground, that apple seed will produce an apple tree. And that apple tree will produce apples over many years and inside of every apple is what? More seeds. Pineapple seeds? Oak tree acorns? No? Are you sure? You have confidence? So if you take the seed out of its dormant package and you introduce it to the right soil and you cultivate the soil, the apple seed will produce an apple tree and the apple tree will live for many years and over the years it will produce many apples and inside of every apple is a bunch of apple seeds. If you take the cantaloupe out of its dormant state and you introduce it to the proper environment, the earth, and you cultivate the earth, it will produce a cantaloupe vine and the cantaloupe vine will produce what? cantaloupes. Isn't that amazing? I said, isn't that amazing? It's like the mystery of 2022. And, ins and inside of every cantaloupe is what? More seeds. What kind of seeds? Onion seeds? Tomato seeds? No, inside every cantaloupe is what? Cantaloupe seeds. And then if you take the watermelon seeds and you get them out of the dormant state, you get them out of the package and you introduce them to the earth, and you cultivate the earth, the watermelon seed is going to produce a vine, and the vine is going to produce what? Watermelons. And what is inside the watermelon? If it is not seedless, it's full of seeds. Amen? So learn to plant a specific seed for a specific harvest, just like you would in a garden. Doesn't that make sense? 
If you want uh, tomatoes in a garden, what do you have to plant? If you want cantaloupes in a garden, what do you have to plant? Amen. If, if you want an apple tree, what kind of seed do you have to plant? This is not rocket science, but in 2022, this is exactly the stuff that is not being taught in public schools. Likewise, that dollar bill in the package of your wallet or the package of your purse or the package of your checking account will produce nothing. But if you will put that dollar bill into the good soil of the kingdom of God, it's going to produce a bunch more dollar seeds. How do I know this? Because Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, Give and it will be given unto you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And we know this from, and we know from what Jesus said here in Luke 6, 38, For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I believe that a dollar bill seed will produce a bunch more dollar bills and tens will produce more tens and hundreds will produce more hundreds and thousands will produce more thousands and hundreds of thousands will produce more hundreds of thousands and millions will produce more millions because Jesus said, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. We learned all this from Oral Roberts and he used to say the hole you give through is the hole you receive through. Now, the original principle is found in the creation of the world. Let's go to Genesis 1.11. See, this is what's not being taught. Actually, this ought to be taught with regard to human beings, but it's not being taught. Genesis 1.11, Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. Say it out loud, according to their various kinds. And it was so, the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their various kinds. Plants bearing seed according to their various kinds. And trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Tell your neighbor, the dream seed represents your untapped potential. Tell the neighbor on the other side, the dream seed represents your untapped potential. You see, a dream is like a seed in one of these packages. It has untapped potential. There is great potential inside of a seed. But until that seed is introduced to the right environment, it will not produce what it was intended to produce. And so many times we reject our dream seeds because the seed we have right now doesn't look like it's doesn't look like what it's going to become. And sometimes we reject the seed because it doesn't look like it has the potential to become what it was meant to become. Now, you know what an apple seed looks like. An apple seed is a hard little black thing. Well, how could a little hard black thing turn into a tree? A tree a big tree. How is that even possible? Well, the seed knows its business, <coughs> and the seed reproduces after its own kind. And what the seed produces has seed in and of itself according to its own kind. So notice that the apple seed does not in any way look like what it has the potential to produce. A little hard black seed, it doesn't look like it has the potential to produce a tree 
that produces apples. A cantaloupe seed is a little white hard thing. It doesn't look like it would have the potential to produce this big succulent thing that we all like to eat. Amen. We, should, we would do better off to eat more of these and less Doritos. Amen. <laughs> and then the, the watermelon seed, you know what a watermelon seed looks like, a little black heart thing. You, I mean, how in the world does a little black heart thing produce a green deal for, uh, with red meat inside and then all kinds of more black little seeds? It's amazing. Listen. One of my favorite verses, I rehearse it every day of my life. Jeremiah said, heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved. For you are the one I praise, O Lord. You are the one I praise. David said, how majestic is your name in all the earth. People today in 2022 are not giving God his due. They are denying the creator of the, of the universe. They are denying what God created. They are making up stuff out of their perverted sicko minds, and they are denying basic fundamental truth. This is totally, absolutely predictable. Amen. Now, tell your neighbor, your seed is always going to bring increase. Tell the neighbor on the other side, your seed is always going to bring increase. See, the seed is always going to bring increase. When you take that apple seed out of its package and you put it into the proper environment and you cultivate the soil, you get an apple tree that produces many years of apples and inside of every apple is what? Talk to me. Inside of every apple is what? Seeds. And so, right there, what do you have? Seed. Talk to me. The camera's zooming in on it. What do you have right there? Seed. Isn't it amazing you don't have little dolphins? <laughs> Isn't it amazing you don't have little onions? Isn't it amazing you don't have little horses? <laughs> tell, tell your neighbor, what God created, what God created is, is entirely predictable. Entirely. Tell the neighbor on the other side, what God created is entirely predictable. You see, this is the principle that is stated back there in Genesis 1, 11 and 12. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. Same thing with the cantaloupe. You know what cantaloupe seeds look like, and, but the cantaloupe seed in the package doesn't look like it has the ability to produce something that is so succulent and so tasty and so sweet, but it does. And inside the cantaloupe, that the cantaloupe seed produced via the vine, what do we find inside the cantaloupe? We find a bunch of seeds. And what kind of seeds? Isn't it amazing that it is so predictable? Now, they, they bought a great big honking watermelon. Really, I'm disappointed they didn't find a bigger watermelon. 
But anyway, you know what I'm going to do? No point in me trying to cut it in the middle. I'm going to cut the end off it. So how in the world can a little black hard thing produce a green thing full of this red meat that is so tasty? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I love watermelon. And, and then inside the watermelon, you can see there, what do you find inside the watermelon? More seeds. Tell your neighbor, it's entirely predictable. Tell the neighbor on the other side, it's entirely predictable. Amen. Now, the world wants you to believe that it's a total gamble, that it's unpredictable, that you don't know what's going to happen. When you introduce your dream seed to the right environment, it will always bring increase. Many times, I mean, just imagine, just look at the seeds inside this cantaloupe. How many seeds inside a one cantaloupe versus how many seeds did it play, did it require to create the vine? And I know that when Jessica has grown cantaloupe in her garden, those cantaloupe vines go crazy producing cantaloupe. So you, you throw three or four or five little seeds into the earth to create the vine, and there's no telling how many seeds get created out of what you introduced into the earth. Many times the dream seed is also rejected because it is beyond the resources that we have at the time. When God speaks to us to sow a specific seed toward our dream, many times we reject that instruction from the Holy Spirit because we say to ourselves, that is beyond my means. I can't do that. I don't have enough. So rather than follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, we do what our mind, <coughs> pardon me, is telling us to do. The problem is that there's no supernatural power in the mind. You can't get a miracle out of your mind. The only power is in faith. And faith is of the recreated spirit, the recreated human spirit. Faith is not of the mind. Too many times when God speaks to his people to give a certain amount, their first reaction is, I don't have that kind of money. Now, while I'm talking to you, he's talking to me. In uh, January of 2018, in January of 2018, he challenged me for Sue and I to put an extra million dollars in the challenge offering. And contrary to what y'all might think, we didn't have a million dollars in a non-retirement account. In other words, we didn't have a million dollars we could lay our hands on. And so the Lord told me how to do it. He said, send $10,000 to Fred and Betty Price personally, and then believe me for a hundredfold return on the $10,000, and then turn around and put that money in the challenge offering. And so I thought, well, you know, that's just what I've been doing my whole life, just at a whole nother level. And so we did. We sent January 2018 $10,000 personally to Fred and Betty Price. Didn't have anything to do with Faith Christian Center or Crenshaw Christian Center. And uh, we sent $10,000 to them, and I began praying over that money. But February of 2018, I must have let go of the dream, the vision, because uh, we were doing a study retreat February of 2018, and I'm walking on the road up above the cabins above the lake, and the Spirit of God schooled me, life coached me on how to pray over money. I rehearsed this on a, a Wednesday night, I think about a year back, and uh, he told me how to 
cultivate that, that soil every day of my life. And we do that by confessing the word of God over the seed that we have in the ground. And uh, I think it was uh, two years later, I'd have to look it up. I didn't bring that in my notes today. But the money came marching right in the door, came marching right in the door. Not one nickel of it from Faith Christian Center, not one nickel of it from anybody at Faith Christian Center. And we turn around, we put that money in the challenge offering. And actually on our million dollar commitment from Easter 2018, we are beyond that. We're at 1.1 million and change because I decided since I learned how to live without the money that was coming in above and beyond, well, why not just go for $2 million? So that's what we're doing. Now, you might be a guest here this morning, and, uh, and you know, you're upset that a preacher's talking about giving a million dollars above and beyond the tithe. Look, you live long enough, and it's going to cost you a million dollars to pick up, to fill up your truck. So, you, you know, th these are just numbers. I said, these are just numbers. Amen. And you understand, God is not afraid of a number. Can you understand that God, the God who created this system right here is not afraid of a number? Amen. Say it out loud. God, God is, not is not afraid of a number. And once you learn how to work a principle, there's no limit to how much you can work it. Now, every fall in our yard, we, we, we have so many pecans, it's ridiculous. Because at some point, back, way back, somebody planted uh, a bunch of pecan trees in our backyard. And we know that because of the way they're all in a line and they're staggered. It was like a, a checkerboard of pecan trees. And so you don't have to plant one pecan tree. You could plant 100 pecan trees. You don't have to plant 100 pecan trees. You could plant 1,000 if you have the land. My point is once you figure out how the system works, there's no reason to not work the heck out of it. Are you hearing me this morning? And God does, God's not afraid of a number. You're not going to freak God out with uh, believing him for a number. Amen. So rather than following <coughs> the leading of the Holy Spirit, oftentimes we go by what our mind is telling us to do. Too many times when God speaks to his people to give a certain amount, their first reaction is, I don't have that kind of money. I, I don't have that kind of money to spare. I don't see how I can give that kind of money. Well, I just gave you the process that God gave me in January of 2018, and I'm telling you, it worked like a charm. Hallelujah. And rather than have their imagination set on their apple tree or have their imagination set on their cantaloupe vine or rather than have their imagination set on their watermelon vine, they have their natural, rational focus on that itty-bitty apple seed and that itty-bitty cantaloupe seed and that itty-bitty watermelon seed. See, if you, get, if you get focused on the seed and how tiny the seed is and say to yourself, there's no point in me doing anything because I don't have much and all I got is this little bit. See, if Satan, if you allow Satan to keep you focused on the seed, then you can't see the apple. If, if you allow Satan to keep you focused on the seed, see, you can't see the cantaloupe. If you allow Satan to keep you focused on the seed, you can't see the watermelon. I'm telling you what, what God did is marvelous. It is marvelous in our eyes because it is entirely predictable. And what the people of God fail to realize oftentimes and to see by the eyes of faith is, 
that no matter how large the seed, the coming tree, the coming vine, the coming fruit is many, many, many times larger than the seed that was sown. Let me run this by again because this is critical. What the people of God oftentimes fail to see is that uh, no matter how large the seed, the coming tree, the coming vine, the coming fruit is many, many, many times larger than the seed that was sown. Tell your neighbor, no matter how big your seed may be, your harvest will be bigger. Tell the other neighbor, no matter how big your seed may be, your harvest will be bigger. And tell them this, giving to God always brings increase. Tell the neighbor on the other side, giving to God always brings increase. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Dad Hagen used to say, not a tearful giver, not a fearful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Why can we be cheerful givers? Because we understand the system. We see how it works. Hallelujah. And let me bring a little point of clarity and a little point of extra information. Look, I'm 66 years old, and we're working on putting $2 million above and beyond the tithe, above and beyond our regular challenge offering giving into these challenge offerings. And I'm a smart guy, and I know that at 66, it would take one heck of a miracle for God to bring me a hundredfold return on $2 million in my lifetime. But I'm here to tell you, I don't care because I got all my needs met. I got all my bills paid. I go where I want. I do what I want. I vacation where I want. I eat what I want. So I'm telling the Lord this, if I don't get my hundredfold return on that $2 million until I'm on the other side, I am perfectly comfortable with that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I have intended for all of my adult life to not get to heaven and be middle class. I've been middle class and I didn't like it. And you know what? Middle class, they make middle class worse and worse and worse all the time. I'm old enough to remember first time I got on a jet, uh, everybody was dressed up. The men wore suits. The women wore dresses. Uh, we just, you know, walked on the plane, get there 20 minutes before it takes off, just walk on the plane, you know, you don't get felt up and groped and, you know, and, and, and sexually accosted and we didn't have to get there two hours in advance and we didn't have to get felt up and we didn't have people screaming at us and, and we didn't have people sitting next to us in bathing suits and Crocs doing their toenails and, and all of that, hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? The middle class is going down, 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 down. That's nowhere to be anywhere. I mean, that's nowhere to be any, any, anyway. It's just bad out there. It used to be okay, but not anymore. Amen. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Amen. Tell your neighbor, pastor doesn't like being screamed at. Amen. I'm sure not going to pay hundreds of dollars to go somewhere and be yelled at. Amen. I said, amen. I mean, I'm not going to do it. I'd rather drive. 
Each man should give what he has decided in his heart, re- heart to give, not reluctantly or to compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know why I'm cheerful? Because it works. You know why I'm cheerful? Because it's entirely predictable. You know why I'm cheerful? Because I'm, I'm, I'm living in the fruit Hallelujah, of the Word of God every day. See, when we got married, August 7, 1976, we weren't there. But I'm here to tell you this morning on Easter Sunday, 2022, hallelujah, we are living in Isaiah 119, and we are, <coughs> we are eating the best of the land, and we're driving the best of the land, and we're living in the best of the land. I'm here to tell you it works. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody might say, well, maybe it's working for you because you're special. Yeah, but I'm looking around the room and I'm seeing a whole lot of special people that they started with nothing and God brought them up. Hallelujah. I look around the room and I see a bunch of people and they came to me underwater. Forget about having nothing. They were underwater and, and it's worked for them. Hallelujah. The blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord on this Easter Sunday morning, 2022. I want you to know that he didn't just rise from the dead to save you from your sins. He came to bring you life and he came to bring you life more abundantly. Hallelujah. And this old world out here is working full time overtime to steal and to rob and to kill your life. Every time you get groceries, they get more money. Every time you fill up with gas, they get more money. And oh my gosh, go to looking at houses. Oh my gosh, they're robbing you blind. They're robbing you blind. They're robbing you blind. They're making sure that in the natural, you'll never get ahead. You'll never get ahead. You'll never get ahead. But I came down here to tell you that we serve the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And God has designed a system whereby even if ungodly, weird people, strange people don't want to hear it and they don't want to get it, God created a system that his people can employ, his people can work, his people can use. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now look, don't look at me in that tone of voice. Every rancher understands this. Every farmer understands this. You put a bull in the... Uh, in the pasture and you put a heifer in the pasture you don't get a hog and if you put two heifers in a pasture you don't get nothing and if you put two bulls in a pasture you get a fight are you hearing me amen My grandfather understood it, just a country man with a high school education. When he planted corn, he didn't get beans. And when he planted beans, he didn't get corn. It is entirely predictable. I'm here to tell you, it is entirely predictable. That's why we're cheerful and God is able to make all grace abound to you in all things at all times so that having all that you need, having all that you need, that's the word of God. That's what ought to be in your mouth. I have all that I need. That, that's what ought to be in your mouth, not complaining, not poor mouthing, not I don't have enough, not I can't do it. Say it out loud. In fact, shout it out loud. I have all that I need. I have all that I need. Shout it out loud five times. I have all that I need. Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work as it is written. He he has scattered or brought his gifts to the poor. His righteousness shall endure forever. Now get this, verse 10. Now he who supplies seed... 
to the sower. There it is. He doesn't supply seed to the scaredy cat. He doesn't supply seed to the hoarder. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also increase your store of seed. This is the promise of God. This is New Testament. This is the Apostle Paul. You have got word of God on it that he will increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Hallelujah. Don't, don't let that word rich throw you. Rich just means more than you need, more than enough. Hallelujah. You know, I thank God I'm not as rich as some of these evil, wicked people in the earth today. These so-called, you know, billionaires. Oh, my gosh, what a collection of ungodly weirdos. Oh, thank God. He's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about having all that you need for your home, all that you need for your family, all that you need for your children, all that you need for your grandchildren, and having more on top of that. That's what we're talking about. Sue and I have never one time gone backwards doing what God told us to do. Sue and I have never one time gone backwards doing what God told us to do. We have never one time gone backwards giving what God told us to give. You see, the seed is always going to bring increase. Say it out loud. The seed is always going to bring increase. If your dream seed is financial, you're going to have to plant that dream seed into the good soil of the kingdom of God in order to reap your future harvest. You tried vacationing on your tithe, and you're still in the box. You tried giving your money to your brother-in-law, and you're still in the box. You tried sowing your dream seed into the ministry of some televangelist, but you're still in the box. You'll have to sow your dream seed into good soil. Faith Christian Center is good soil. Say it out loud. Faith Christian Center is good soil. And because we don't owe any man anything, you know we're going to be here next Sunday. That's good news right there. Amen. We're going to be here next Sunday. Hallelujah. I said the whole thing's going to be here next Sunday. Amen. When you partner together with an anointed man or woman of God, your desire, your need, your request is literally overwhelmed by the power of the anointed's life. Now, you know an apple seed in a package will not grow into an apple tree. An apple seed in the package will not grow into an apple tree. And a cantaloupe seed in the package will not grow into a cantaloupe vine. And an apple, a watermelon seed in the package will not grow into a watermelon vine. So learn to plant a specific seed for a specific harvest just like you would in a garden. Until you put the seed in the ground and cultivate the ground, <coughs> what do I mean by that? Confess the word of God over your seed every day. Don't let go. The Lord got after me a couple of years ago, and he told me, he said, you're letting go of things. And I knew, because even in my own natural mind, I thought I'm letting go of prayer requests so for the first time in my life, I made a list that I carry with me when I pray. I've been doing that for a couple of years now. And so when the Lord meets one of my needs, I take that off the list. You've heard me tell the story about how I damaged my right shoulder uh, lifting a suitcase in a stupid way. And I got it about 85% healed, and then I re-damaged it. 
and then I got it about 85% healed, and then I redamaged it. And it was on the list. It was on the list. You know, what a nuisance. What a hassle. In fact, I was at the point of throwing in the towel, and I contacted a friend of mine. He's an orthopedic surgeon, uh, works for the Atlanta Braves, orthopedic surgery, and I contacted him, and I said, I might have to come and see you. I mean, what a lousy, stinking point of defeat for Dr. Gene Lingerfeld. Well, we're on vacation in Miami, and I woke up one morning, and for whatever reason, I mean, because it's an action I avoided, but for whatever reason, I reached out my right arm like that, and I thought, huh. I was healed. Hallelujah. So don't let go of your dream. Don't let go of your dream. Say it out loud five times. My God is able. Hallelujah. And I want you to, the Lord's telling me, rehearsing something to me to say about that healing. I wasn't in a healing line. I didn't go to a special meeting. Nobody anointed me with oil. I didn't have a prayer chain. I didn't do a Daniel fast. I didn't have anybody, not one person, not Sue, not anybody praying for me. What was I doing? I was confessing five times every day. My right shoulder is totally and completely healed by the power of Jesus Christ. That's it, five times a day. And uh, then one morning I wake up, and I don't know why I did that, but I thought, huh. I mean, I'm telling you, if you'll get the fear out of your heart, if you'll get the fear out of your mouth, if you'll get the Word of God into your heart, and you'll get the Word of God into your mouth, there's no telling what the Lord will do. Hallelujah. And don't let go of your dream. Stay with it and confess the Word of God over your situation. Hallelujah. And your God will come. I said your God will answer. Hallelujah. Until you put the seed into the ground and cultivate the ground, those seeds will produce absolutely nothing. And that's what's happening in the lives of a lot of God's people, absolutely nothing. Your dream seed will remain in a dormant state until you introduce that seed to its proper environment. In the same way, your financial dream seed will remain dormant until you introduce that seed into the good soil of the kingdom of God. If your dream seed is financial, you're going to have to plant that dream seed into the good soil of the kingdom of God in order to reap a future harvest. We know this because Jesus said in John 12, 24, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. While I'm reading his word, he's talking to me. So that back in 1973, summer of 1973, I'm not trying to do anything spiritual. I'm not trying to get God to call me or do anything. I'm on my knees 10 minutes in the dorm room at Miami University every day, and the Lord called me into the ministry. And I like the Southern Baptist term. I yielded to the call. I submitted to the call. I gave God my life. You know what happened to my life in the natural? I died. I gave it away. But how many have been born again? How many have been saved? How many have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? How many have been healed? See, unless a kernel of wheat fall to the ground and die. And look at what God has done. Look at what God has done. 
Look at what God has done. Hallelujah. My life was given away. It was dead to me. When you put that tithe in that envelope, when you give that offering in the offering time, that money is dead to you, but it's not dead to God. That's what happened with my life. That's what happened with Pastor Sue's life. Our lives became dead to us. But God, the same God that raised Jesus from the dead all those years ago, hallelujah, he takes what is dead to us and he raises it up and he multiplies it and he puts it right back into our hands. Can I get an amen? amen. I want everybody to stand up. Let's take time and, and uh, allow people to make de decisions and commitments for the Lord here this morning. Everybody's standing. You may be here this morning and you've never personally and you've never individually made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. See, that same process works right here. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies. You say, oh, I can't give my life to the Lord. I can't give up my life. Well, the same principle works right here in this realm. And that is when you submit to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and you confess your sins, not to me, not to a priest, but you confess your sins to God and you give your life to God, it seems like it's a death to you. But this same God that designed this system of seed time and harvest, the same God, the same Father God that raised Jesus from the dead on the third day, he raises you up and makes you alive again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's better. It's fuller. It is a life such as you have never known. It is wonderful to know God and to walk with God. Jesus said, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So God's not calling you to give up your life for less. God's calling you to give up your life for more because that is the God we serve. Every head bowed. Jesus said, you must be born again. He didn't say it was highly recommended. He didn't say it was a good idea. He said, you must be born again. In Revelation 3, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never invited Jesus to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior, but I want to do so this morning. If that's you this morning, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to live this miraculous, resurrected life that you've been preaching about this morning. Anybody else? How many others this morning? Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. You might also be here this morning and you're away from God. You're backslidden. You're not where you were spiritually in your walk with God. You're not on fire for the Lord like you used to be. Somehow, some way, even though you told God that you loved him and that you would live for him, some way, somehow, you've gone back. You've gone backwards. You've gone back to the old friends. You've gone back to the old lifestyle. You've gone back to the old ways of living, and you're not living for the Lord here this morning. The Word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm telling you, God loves you. 
and God has a wonderful plan for your life. Don't let the devil mess you up. Don't let the devil steal and kill and destroy. Come back to Jesus today. Give your life back to God today, and he will separate you from your sins as far as the east is from the west. He will take your sins and cast them in the depths of the ocean, never to be remembered again, because the Lord is gracious, and the Lord is merciful, and the Lord is kind, and the Lord is loving. Give him an opportunity to restore unto you the joy of your salvation. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me, I'm backslidden. I'm not living for the Lord like I know I should. I'm not living for the Lord like I once did. Pastor, pray for me. I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Pastor, pray for me. I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, thank you. You may put your hands down. I want to ask you to do something bold. Amen. If you raise your hand for either invitation, I want you to take your belongings in hand. Ladies, take your purse in hand. I want you to step boldly into the aisle and join me here at the front. We're going to pray. Just be bold about it. Our profession of faith ought to be public. Amen. If we can't take a stand for God in church on a Sunday morning, how are we going to stand for God out there in the world where they are insane and they have lost their minds in sin? Come on now. Come on. Come on now. Amen. Just right here, sweetheart. Just right here, sweetheart. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Doing great. Amen. Anybody else you want to come? Come. Hallelujah. I don't know why I'm thinking in Swahili. Karibu. Hallelujah. You're welcome. Amen. Come. Amen. This is the day of salvation. In fact, every day we live with the breath of life in our lungs is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. God bless you for making a commitment and decision for the Lord. Everybody in the room, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Everybody online watching, if you want to pray this prayer online, make, make it a prayer of commitment. You do so. Everybody, let's pray this prayer out loud together. Thank you, Father God, for the privilege and the opportunity to give you my life. I thank you for what Jesus did. He lived a sinless life. He was put to death by wicked men. But Father God, you raised him from the dead on the third day, the day we celebrate today. And I thank you, Father God. Jesus came to bring me life. I confess that in times gone by, I've gone my own way, I've done my own thing, and I have lived for self. But I turn from that old way of living, and I give you my life. And I ask, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you would forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness and put within me a brand new heart that loves you and loves your word and loves your house. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I want to give you a book written uh, by myself years ago called God's Very Own Child. If you'd go with Mr. Jeff Hughes, we'll get you right back in the service as quick as we can. Let's give God thanksgiving for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. The Lord is merciful. And the Lord is wonderful. 
Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.